Welcome to episode two of Hang Around Plugged. On this episode, our host Lee Brewster is joined by Bob Jones, otherwise known as Ask Bob, and they get into his aviation career history as well as his hobbies. And yes, they talk about puppies. So sit back, relax, and get ready to unplug with us. Hey everyone, it's Lee Brewster here with episode number two of Hanger Unplugged. And when we think of our podcast and what we're trying to do, it's really human interest, human interest that kind of focuses on the people who are um, our customers. You know, we, you know, we've here at ATP, we're fortunate we cover the entire gamut of aviation, but it's also to kind of let people meet and understand the people who make up the company ATP. And there's few people who are as synonymous with a company or with a brand as we have with our guests today. Many of you may know Bob. I'm sure if you've ever been to something or if you've ever just Googled Ask Bob, this is Bob. This is Bob Jones. Bob Jones, with the, he, um, Bob started with Aircraft Technical Publications, and he's now... Um, I just call him kind of product extraordinaire, um, walking encyclopedia of aviation information, regulatory guru. I don't know. I have a lot of titles for you, Bob. So anyway, but it kind of boils down to, you know, whenever we need something, especially um, when it comes to our technical publications, Bob is the person we asked. And he's also been kind of that resource for people across the globe, really, um, from the Ask Bob Forum. But Bob, thank you so much for joining us today with our podcast and looking to share some little tidbits and some nuggets that I've learned about you with our audience. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here. Uh, enjoyed uh, working. It's been 27 years I've been with uh, ATP and uh, enjoyed every every time get a chance to talk about the, what we do and work with our customers. And so I love love aviation. No, and you know, you've got a, you've got a pretty extensive background. But real quick, before we get into the fun stuff, just a little bit about um, what about a little bit about your history here with ATP, what you've done, Bob. And um, I do want to touch a little bit in a second on the Ask Bob, but just a little bit about ATP and your journey here with the company. Started out, uh, was hired uh, for their customer service group with the electronic products as they were being released. They were, it was just as ATP was introducing its first CD-ROM products. And uh, so there, there was two of us they hired to run the, the tech support and the customer service group. So started there. And, and then as the product grew and was designed different and, and worked with manufacturers as, as different uh, challenges came up, uh, I was able to provide input on, um, on the products and, and how they should work and, and what, what the market was really asking for. And so uh, uh, worked my way into product management then and have been basically involved in product management, product marketing uh, since, since that time. Just about anything that contains the word product, I think Bob is has your stamp all over it. So, yeah. you know, when we're looking at it, we're talking about podcasts now, and podcasts have been around a little while, but you know, technology's grown and done, um, evolved. But one of the things that, um, you know, you were kind of at the forefront with your Ask Bob, um, discussion web page web presence you know you you started this this ask bob and you know it became it became like a brand yeah yeah i mean in some ways it was it was a joke just because of my longevity and being involved in products for so many years at atp anytime they wanted to launch a new product change a product had just interested it's well let's go ask bob what did they do why did they do it this way where did where did it come from who you know i the walking encyclopedia i guess you could say you know um of of the the, the history of, of what went on at ATP, I was involved in in a lot of it, and so that so internally, that, a lot of 
a meeting hardly went by and they said, well, let's go get Bob or go ask Bob. So I was, ask I, was, Bob. I was asked Bob at ATP. Uh, and then when we decided to put together a customer facing communication system, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the person who was head of marketing said, well, let's just call it ask Bob. And, <laughs> and so it just stuck. And so it started off as a wiki and, and, and then grew from there. Uh, but it was, it was a way to communicate to customers. Uh, up until the digital age, we were mailing envelopes to customers every two weeks. And so we had a good communication system. We put cards and notes and things in it, anything going on with products or changes. Mm-hmm. We had a, a physical envelope that was showing up at their door every two weeks. When we went to digital, um, especially online, where you, we weren't sending anything anymore to the customer, all of a sudden we had a, an unplug <laughs> of <laughs> our had an unplug of our customer content. And, and so that was... Let's let's put together uh, uh, some sort of communication, and and Bob, you're you're going to run it. <laughs> Bob, you're going to run it. So I, well, and you know that's it's funny because I you know uh, most people don't know my story is like I started my very first aviation job was filing ATP microfiche, and so Ask Bob yeah. was actually one of the resources that I used. I would go and I would search it, you know, or in the early 2000s. And you know, you've talked about what um, Ask Bob was a resource for understanding kind of our product, how it uses, you know, the libraries, questions about that. But it was more than that. I mean, you were answering regulatory questions um, on a on a large basis. I know you were a resource for many technicians. You know, it was kind of, you know, that, um, you know, it was kind of like social media before it was actually social media. Yeah. I mean, you were actually, you were a live person that was managing that. And I, um, I think the first time I met you, Bob, was like in person. Um, I'd been stalking you for a few years online, reading all your stuff. But the first time I met you was at a maintenance conference and, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I got to meet Ask Bob. And then I had like a whole like litany of questions that I needed to ask Bob. So, you know, there's an impact that was made there. And I think you can definitely feel the stamp of that on how the company approaches customer service, customer success. And I know it's something that we've been, we've been going through and, you know, in the evolution, you know, we have, um, Ask Bob is now kind of transformed into, um, more of the social media presence that we at ATP have been um, embracing here lately and, you know, building up that encyclopedia of knowledge. We still ask Bob quite a bit. You know, it's not maybe not branded quite that way, but we still ask Bob that, that that's not going anywhere. So anybody who's listening, if you still want to ask Bob, just shoot us a note. and We will ask Bob because we probably need to ask Bob. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not so much. I, I don't have all the answers, but I've made so many contacts. I a lot of times know where to get the answer or where to refer you to to find the answer. You know, absolutely. That you know, that's ninety percent of the that's ninety percent of us right now, and so that's great to always have that resource. So, Bob. Okay, so now let's kind of get into some of the fun stuff. I mean, uh, the ATP stuff is fun, but don't get me wrong. I love the ATP stuff. Love getting into some of that. But you have a pretty interesting story, and you know, thinking about how you how you even why was aviation even on your radar and so i think i'd love to share that you know where where did your like first kind of association with aviation come from because i know it happened like with your dad yeah yeah so i mean we could i I just turned 70 last week so i've got a happy birthday bob thank you thank you i've got a lot of decades that we could uh we could go through you know 60s 70s 80s (laughs) maybe we skip the disco disco yes, years but i bet i can find uh, some pictures i'll find probably, something probably but uh yeah starting out uh well it started off uh with in high school career counselor had a book on you know i think it was the top 100 jobs to have you know something like that and i was perusing through it and, and the one that caught my eye was was there was a section about the northwest orient and being a captain for them and all the advantages of that and it sounded you know travel and and flying and it sounded you know exciting so i i decided well let's Let's 
hook up with uh, that as a career path. And and um, so as I go to college and I start looking at aeronautics, um, but it, yeah, it's, it's kind of in the blood because my dad's been involved in aviation for a number of different years. He really didn't talk too much about uh, about the war years. You know, mm-hmm. you had to kind of drag it out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as, as a kid, you know, he, he was a pilot. He was a pilot flew B-25s in Italy uh, and uh, had some just horrendous stories you could tell, but he just generally didn't talk about it. So, but it, uh, when we started talking about this, then uh, that was a connection between him and I, that I was looking to be a pilot and, and he was a pilot and, and, and had history there. So that was, um, you know, kind of the, the, the first, first stepping stone to moving into that direction. Um, if we've got time there, I, there's a number of different stories that, uh, around him too, that, uh, um, you know, influenced me, but uh, started as a pilot. Then when the war ended, he came out and moved down to Southern California and got a job with Mr. Hughes. Yeah. Uh, as, as in Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, a, as in. Yeah. Like <laughs> Mr. Hughes. Yes. Mr. Hughes. Uh, he was, uh, did, did sheet metal work on, on Hughes' aircraft and uh, uh, including the, the famous uh, goose. Uh, a number of years later, when the, uh, the spruce goose went on display down in uh, um, Long Beach, uh, he and I went down and, and toured it and he was pointing out things he worked on, on the airplane. Oh, and that like, is really so great. Cool. You know, it, it, you know, this pride of building, you know, like if you go and look at the pilot seat behind the pilot seat, there's this little square box. I don't know what's in it, probably <laughs> avionics or something, but he said, I built that box. I know he that's my that. box. <laughs> I built that box and, and it's on, in the goose. So, so, uh, um, so he, he was, um, um, uh, a technician. I mean, he, 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 he just, he, he, um, knew how to do things. And I, and I guess I kind of picked that, you know, give me anything and I'll p- figure out how to tear it apart and probably get it put back together. In uh, some ways, you know, yeah. In some ways, you know, and of course better, you know, of course, absolutely. Um, but, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so, so he had the aviation background and was involved in aviation and, and, uh, uh that kind of encouraged me to co- continue down that, that, that road. Well, I mean, you know, that is, you know, I think that's a lot when you talk to a lot of people in aviation. I mean, there's a lot that have that connection, you know, when you were saying, you know, just like with you and your dad, you're able to make that connection. It was, Even though he didn't talk much about the war, which is very common, you know, you still made a connection with aviation and his pilot past and then be able to experience the, sp- the spruce goose after it was on display and have him explain that to you. That's a pretty that's a pretty special. Yeah. That's a pretty special moment there, Bob. So that's really cool. So you got your pilot's license. And mm-hmm. did you get your pilot's license before or after your driver's license? Um, actually, I got it the same day. I did the, uh, <laughs> the I went to the DMV and got my uh, driver's license in the morning and then had my check ride that afternoon. So uh, I thought it'd be neat to, to kind of do the same. Because, you know, not having a driver's license um, meant when I was taking flight lessons, even even soloing in that around, mom had to take me to the airport and bring me <laughs> home, uh, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was just, it was... Uh, um, I think they, they had a house rule that you couldn't get your driver's license till you turned 18. So, you know, so oh. I had a target to, to shoot for. So I um, was able to schedule and do those both at the same time. But it was, uh, you know, so just, it was, it was cool. So just curious, Bob, do you remember what um, what aircraft you got your pilot's license in? What did you fly uh, for that, that final one, check ride? One, uh, 152. You know, 152. So okay. It was, a, it was a flight school uh, in the Bay Area. It was operated by Flight Safety when they used to offer primary training. Yeah. Um, so uh, I worked through it and got the, the private pilot's license. Um, and then I transitioned up to, uh, Cherokees. Okay. Up to, uh, so what flight. is the, just, just curious. I mean that now, now I'm just kind of curious. What's the, uh, what's the most unique aircraft you've flown? Uh, most unique would probably be a DC three. 
Or what's your uh, favorite? So, oh, the DC three. So you DC, flew the DC three. It was, uh, yeah. Um, got a chance. There was a DC three in the Bay Area that was owned by Otis Spunkmeyer Cookies, uh-huh. and uh, I was part of a uh, a Boy Scout Explorer group that was an aviation explorer unit, uh, and and we had a time we went out uh, and helped them do maintenance, help them do do an annual inspection, opening plates and doing all that. But the whole uh, whole group went and worked, worked on this airplane. And afterwards, we all got a flight and we got uh, 10 minutes at, at, on you know, the wheel. Um, oh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Okay. Now that is pretty cool. That's really cool. So, um, you know, so you got your pilot's license, you're, you're moving along and then you decided to actually get into the business of aviation. So how'd you, so what was that like, Bob? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, still thinking of the airline pilot, uh, but, uh, uh, there was, there was a lot of, of pilots out there with a lot of hours, you know, if I'm going to continue. I'm going to have to start building time. So I went out and bought an airplane, I bought mm-hmm. a Cherokee 140. Uh, and, uh, to start doing, uh, flying on myself. So I was going to start on my commercial and then get my CFI and, and go through that, that that's progression. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, but to afford the airplane, I, I, I set up a, a mini club, you know, how you could join and, and, and share the access of this airplane. Right. Uh, and, and that, that took off. I was approached by a guy that had uh, a couple of Cessnas, a couple of 152s and a 172. He was looking for a flight school to park them with. So I, I got that. And, and so I got, uh, wrapped up in, in operation side of, of running this initially a small club, um, that I owned it for, uh, for seven years. And, uh, um, you know, built up a fleet of aircraft up through, ended up had, uh, when I left, sold the business, I had 33 aircraft on leaseback. The biggest wow. was this Chieftain. It was, it was mm-hmm. all in piston stuff, but, um, but we were, we were a certified flight school. We were, um, 145 maintenance, you know, we had all those rules. And, uh, so that, that became then my passion was operating this flight operations, uh, and, and the business there. And uh, so, which what are we're talking up in the northwest, correct? Uh, this in was in the region? in the in the Bay Area. Uh, in the Bay Area, the, okay. In the Bay Area, uh, Livermore was the town that uh, I was based out of. Oh, it's just, okay. Just over the hill from from San Francisco and Oakland, and so yeah, so that uh, we we built that up. Uh, you know, as it grew, I hired a chief pilot uh, uh, to run all the flight operations. My wife was the office manager and ran the business. And so, and, uh, at, when we got our, our, uh, repair station license, I went out and started help, trying to help the guys in the, in the shop you know, to kind of manage that area. I had two, two terrific IAs on staff that, uh, that helped guide me along. And they uh, helped to guide you. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I found out that I didn't know anything about airworthiness. I, I, when ah. I was a pilot. I'd, I'd got flight safety is a great school, you know, other than hand me the log books for the check ride it, it you know, Airworthiness wasn't something that, that pilots really worried about. And so uh, mm-hmm. it was a, a good learning curve and I came to really appreciate this is where I really came to appreciate the maintenance side of, of, of the business. I mean, they're, they're the guys that make it work. They keep flying. They make sure everything's airworthy and legal. And they're the ones that, have to, 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 you know, the it's not a, not the glorious job like the guys up front, but uh, it, uh, uh, it was really worthwhile. And I've made some great friends. And then over the years now, uh, I've, really enjoyed being on the maintenance focused on the maintenance side of the business and that maintenance the maintenance support side you know there's like you said you know i i mean i'm i'm with you there's a great admiration for what for anybody who's fun who does that from the nuts and bolts but even to the point i mean like you were talking about when you're talking about airworthiness it's more than the nuts and bolts the legalities going into all of that it's just so there's there's so much to know and you know it's yeah. you know there's 
they're they're also walking encyclopedias. I love being able to ask them questions. They start rattling yeah. off stuff, and then I remember why I didn't ask them that question because I really had just a little short amount of time. But yeah. and if we refer to your first broadcast with I think with Steve was the, mm -hmm. the yes. was a, and, and I, I watched through that and and. It, one comment he made that that uh, clicked was he'd become a perfectionist since he'd yes. become a mechanic. He'd become a perfectionist. And he said he wasn't that way before. And that's I mean, yeah, you, you can't have a bad day. You know, it's you right. Do it right. Every time, you know, all the time yep. it's, it's done right. And and so it's it's a different uh, mindset and it takes, uh, you know, uh, to, to go that. So that makes I love working with the IAs and, and the people in the industry because they. They've got a tough job out there. They have a very tough job. And, you know, there's so many resources that they have to go through, you know. I mean, like the whole pre the whole it, having stuff in one place and making that job. So, you know, Bob, your perspective of, you know, what people were looking for, what they were, how it was organized. You know, that's been that's been key to the advancement of the product, which was one of the reasons that you were yeah. always in it. So you um, so that was you had your you had your little your your um flight your flight school but then you decide then you had some like life changes some things happen but how'd you actually end up at aircraft technical publications uh yeah i i, I uh, uh had the business for seven years and then through divorce and some some personal things uh, i had to unload the business and, and sell it off uh and so from there i went to tandy corporation and took over one of their computer stores and to get into the computer side computers had always interested me at the flight school uh we'd actually computerized this was pre-apple we mm -hmm. had a, what was called a z80 uh, computer that uh, uh had a custom programmer build a uh, build a system for for building the customers and currency and, and when there was their last you know flight review and what aircraft they checked out and had this whole system to manage you know 300 members in a, in a flying club wow uh so I, I i you know working there it uh you know i em embraced technology mm -hmm. so so then i went to tandy for a number of years uh and, and did that and uh the atp thing it it it's really interesting how it happens if, if we got it's gonna take about five minutes to do here but we but, have five uh, minutes Bob. all right so uh so I, yeah so i was working for tandy and computers uh took took a day off and went down to monterey down in the bay area for a um, just a day off with wife uh and we, she asked if we could stop for a, a bio break on the way down there so i pulled into a little shopping center and there's a mcdonald's pulled up next to the mcdonald's typically she, i would just sit in the car and she would have gone in and take care of business and come back out. But for some reason, when she went in, I got out of the car and I waited by the door for, for her to come back. Uh, now I'm waiting those McDonald's. And when you go at the door, just to the left of the door, there are two trash cans with a uh, little uh, place on top to put the trays. Uh, and on top of that was a newspaper. And so I'm just standing there and I just, I glanced down at this newspaper. Uh, it's the San Jose Mercury News and it's open to the help wanted section. And right almost dead center is, uh, I saw the word aircraft. Oh, what is it? So I actually I read it. This company's looking for somebody with aircraft and computer backgrounds. Hmm. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds like, sounds like, so so, like, so, like yeah, angels from the heavens. Oh, it's, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. So <laughs> that, so I, you know, walked over and, and went over and bought a, I didn't. I didn't take the copy there. I went actually went over and bought a Mercury News, took it home with me, and called. And it was it was an ad by ATP. They were getting ready to release their first electronic products, and they were looking for a couple of people to do customer service and support. And so uh, did a phone interview, did a couple in in 
first interviews and, and was lucky enough to get the job and started working in customer care. Yeah. But yeah, it's and that strange, was 27 you know, years ago. 27 years ago. Whoever had the newspaper had the newspaper open on the right page. I know. The position, you know, it just, you know, just like I said, just look, look down at it. I was waiting and here it is, uh, looking for someone with aviation and computer background. I, you know, I, probably, I probably could feel that pretty, pretty good. Probably, and, I would say it worked out pretty well for you, Bob. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that got me started there. And then some people say, you yeah, know, 27 years, the same place. What's wrong with you? You know, and yeah, probably I could have advanced and done some other things, especially through some of the different tech things. But I enjoyed what I did, and I enjoyed help. You know, I really felt like ATP was helping customers. We weren't just right. building widgets. We weren't just a yeah. You know, so um, I I felt that we were helping people. And if there was a problem of people trying to find technical data, there if you look at the human factor studies that were done, you know, accessing uh, technical right. publications or not using them when they're available it, it is is an issue. And, uh, you know, one of the, the, the core designs from back in, in Microfish days was try to get the content available to the user mm-hmm. as quickly and easily as possible. And so I, I felt I would, I've over the years helped people uh, do that, probably hopefully save some lives um, from people that uh, uh, were able to get to the data they needed that uh, might not have otherwise. So, it, uh, so it, it's a fulfilling job. And so That's I good. It. And, and the customers are great. I, even when they're and mad at us, they, they know we're trying to help. <laughs> and we, we really you know, are. We really we, are. We're trying to help. We'll yeah. get we'll get there. So, you know, you're talking about fulfilling, but I think at one point it was actually pretty expensive for you, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, there was one one trip where uh, we were, I was going to a uh, um, operators conference for a major one of the, our manufacturers and the uh, uh, the the information we should see for the the show that uh that tuesday night was gonna be harley night so oh, where, where, your, where your harley gear i didn't have any harley gear although I'd, I'd ridden you know as a as a kid in high school and um so i went down to the harley dealer and uh found a couple picked up a couple t-shirts and uh, to, to wear and then noticed this really pretty little silver and black 100th anniversary fat boy <laughs> <laughs> sitting there saying bob Bob, Bob, I want to ride. And so I came out with two t-shirts and a Harley. So two that's t-shirts and a Harley. So that probably is that's definitely the most expensive business trip I've taken. Uh, I bet you still have a Harley. They, yeah, yeah, still have it. Don't use it as much up here as we did in California. The right. weather stuff, but yep, yeah, still have it. Uh, you still have t-shirts. Still have the t-shirts. Yeah, there you go. You know. It, it was great, you know. had had only three thousand miles on it. It was basically brand new, even though it was. Oh wow! You know, and it, I like the idea that it was an O three, which of course O three for us is Wright Brothers. Oh yeah, Brothers. good point. So so hundredth anniversary Harley. In fact, I've got a badge that I have on my jacket that that, that I, I got at NBA that, that uh-huh. says hundredth anniversary Harley Davidson Wright Brothers. Oh, that's so, cool. So, but uh, yeah, still still have it, and that's one of my unplugged things to do that's one of your unplugged things and you got a couple of unplugged things to do one of them my when you told me about it my husband's very glad that we do not live actually within a day's driving distance of you because i'm a dog freak i love puppies and you have one two three four five how many puppies do you have at your house there bob my wife's into breeding cavalier spaniels and she just had two litters so let's see. There's six six puppies downstairs that are you know 13 weeks old, oh. and and so uh, 
Yeah, yeah, they're 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 a lot of fun. We started with just getting one as as a, as a pet, uh-huh. and it was so much fun. We got a second one, and then got a third one, and you know, so it, it went. There's, once we got the third one, third one was a girl. So now we started breeding, and mm-hmm. yeah, so 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 part of my um, unplugged activities are my wife's activities. You know, so are your wife's around. activities? So so she's she's the breeder. She does dog shows. She does, you know parades him around the ring and does that whole thing. I'm just kind of ah. the kennel help that, that pushes the cart around with the dogs on it. <laughs> the kennel help. <laughs> so, but, uh, That's great. And, oh, yeah. well, I, I, my, just telling my husband about it and I was like Googling it. And I was like, look, look, this is what he has. He is, they're 13 weeks old. They're ready. He goes, where is he? Oregon. He said, good. They need to stay in Oregon. <laughs> stay in Oregon. Uh, like, fine. You're right. Yeah. But still, it's like, oh, yeah. somebody has to tell you no. Otherwise we'd have a whole, I mean, we'd have a whole puppy farm here too, but now that, you know, I think that's that, um, how long have y'all been breeding the, the, the dogs? Uh, about, I'd say 15, 18 years. Somewhere there. Okay. You know, that's a, oh gosh. I just love yeah. these. I've so, done in, uh, three trips to England to go to dog shows in England oh. for the breed, you know? So we're, yeah, so she's, she's pretty serious in it. <laughs> she's very serious in it. I'm going to have, we're going to yeah. have, we're going to have to reconnect on this one. Cause I got to see some more and, just come. I'll live vicariously through your puppies. My, uh, yep. I don't. I definitely don't need another one, but I, I can live vicariously through other ones. Same way I do with there. airplanes, motorcycles, you know, any of those things. And also, so Bob, I know that you said that there's possibly some video of you out there doing some line dancing. That there's like that's also part of how you unplug. Is you're got a little dancing in there. Yeah, yeah. Not so much the last couple of years, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we, we were both into that. We'd go to begin to to you know dance clinics where uh-huh. they, you know, and uh, and there was a couple uh, um, dance places in the Bay Area that uh, uh, where they had dance floors and had uh, you know Monday and Wednesday dance lessons, things type like that. And uh, so one of the one of the shows I went to for ATP uh, was in Nashville. Yeah. And so I took a week vacation afterwards and flew the wife out. And, and so we hit some of the, the clubs, went over to some of the clubs in Nashville, White Horse Saloon and some of the ones you see on TV ah, that's and awesome. did line dancing. And then I got home before the air date. So I was able to videotape us at, uh, at uh, a couple of different dance clubs that were on uh, CMT back, back in those days. Oh, that's so cool. So, what was so your favorite dance? What's your favorite line dance? Probably, uh, well, the, a popular one that everybody knows is electric slide. Electric oh, slide. Oh yeah, gotta, you know, everybody so, knows so, electric slide. So gotta have that, that one. one. And and tush push is probably the the next one yeah. that uh, is most okay. popular. But uh, yeah, there are some couple ones, black velvet, and some things that that are some couple stances that are really pretty yeah. nice too. So. Awesome. I don't know. We're gonna have to do some research. We're gonna have to find the this footage of you, Bob. I think yeah. we probably can. We'll have to we'll have to see what we can find. I think that's <laughs> awesome. I grew up not necessarily with the line dancing, but I had, you know, the bunny hop, cotton eye joe, yeah. shottish, you know, put your little foot. Those were the ones that I grew up with on the dance floor, you know, kind of dance with my mom and dad and then friends as yeah. we got older. So I definitely can appreciate that. And I think that's just awesome. And so you know, Bob, if you were looking back over your career and, you know, you talk about, I think it's like the work-life balance, harmony, wh- wh- whatever term you want to look at it. So what, yep. what's kind of some advice you would share with people about, you know, how do you, how do you achieve that? Uh, it, it's just something you have to focus on. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in anything, you know, and just, just don't get caught up to an excess. It's, it's, um, it, uh, you just have to to monitor it, you know, and mm-hmm. keep track of uh, um, of the time you're spending and uh, what you're doing. That 
uh, like I said, support my wife's business, business and, and uh, her hobbies and she supports mine. And, uh, and then there's, there's a lot of them like, like the line dancing that where we did them to them together, mm-hmm. but, but they were like the Nashville was after a show. Uh, yeah. one, two of the trips to England were after Farnborough. You oh, know? Okay. So, so they were, you know, work play to play things. You yeah. know? So try to try to, to tag something onto it. So, uh, um, you know, do those. And that that's a big thing. Just just be conscious of it. It's so easy to get wrapped up. And, you know, I come in on Monday morning and I got three hours worth of emails to do, you know, before I oh, even start doing my job. Absolutely. You just, you know, you, you just suck it up and get and get it done and make sure it does, doesn't take over your life too much. No, I think that's that's very poignant advice. And I think that's, you know, it's something that a lot of definitely a lot more focus on these days than there was back in the day, you know, yeah. but I think that that it's a good thing. And, you know, the fact that, you know, it's one of the reasons you know, like the podcast is to focus on the people who, you know, some people it's like, you know, their day job is, you know, maybe working on a triple seven for an airline, but their fun job is restoring Spitfire. So aviation yeah. still might be their, their unplug, but it's still something, you know, it, it, they're still making that conscientious effort exactly like you were talking about to kind of, to unplug and kind of get away and have that. And I tell you what, there's unplugging with a whole bunch of puppies and puppy breath. Oh my gosh. To me, yeah. that's just like, that's about as close to heaven. I love that. I don't know. Jet fuel, puppy breath, you know, it, 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 it could work both ways. Yeah. 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 There's so many different, different things. I think some of the different uh, public service groups that general aviation handles from disaster oh. relief to the flying dogs around, you know, um, yep. it, it just, there's a, a, a lot of, a lot of things you can get involved in. It, it, and still be close to aviation. Right. Know? So, yeah. Well, Bob, you know, there's a, you know, I don't know if we can actually um, articulate and express our, the appreciation, you know, from the company aspect, but just kind of from the aviation industry as well, just on everything you've contributed. I mean, you know, that was a lot of time effort and, you know, that was definitely labor of love, the Ask Bob, and it was around for many years. Um, and like I said, it was kind of at the forefront of a lot of what we did. So, you know, definitely want to say thanks for that. Huh. And also thanks, you know, for the audience out there, ask Bob, you know, he still lives up to that moniker, even when you're pinging him in teams, when you send him an email, when it might be a text, something along those lines, you know, it's definitely one of those resources and something I think most of us should be kind of aspire to be is how can we be that resource and kind of lend that helping hand when people need it. And Bob, you've certainly done that. Well, and, and I need to thank all the people that, that I pass the questions off to, or the different, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, inspectors or different people I've, I've met over the years that you know, are, are there to support the industry, you know, mm-hmm. truly. And, and so it if, definitely if, takes if, a village. Yeah, it does. And, and there were, there's a lot, if you're a pilot, there's a lot of, of, um, resources out there for, for pilots, not so much for maintenance. And so that was the other thing that, that kept me going is, is I felt like I was solving a need of, of helping communicate to this side of the segment of the industry. Well, you did it very well, sir. Very well. And you continue to do it today. So thank yep. you very much. And so this, we're going to kind of wrap up today, this episode two of our podcast with Bob Jones. You can find Bob. He's, um, he is still on LinkedIn. You can still find him. And if you know, um, bjones at atp.com, I will give it out there because people still can ask you questions. I actually had an ask Bob question just a little while ago. Um, a question referred to me from a friend in Korea. So, you know, you never know what kind of random questions might come up. But, Bob, thank you very much. And we will, well, I will be talking to you soon. So thank you again. And thanks to our audience. Thank you for listening to us on our second episode of Hangar Unplugged.